Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find us on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on Off the Floor. That's where you get text directly to your phone from Greg, Alex, Brady, and myself. Bypass Twitter, X, Instagram, and all the other social media apps. You get it straight from us, and you also get insider information, special contests, and more. Go to winnow.app. That's winnow.app backslash off the floor. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes Prize Picks. Use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. You can play the NFL, NBA, MLB, MLS, boxing, MMA. It's all there. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5. That's the important thing FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's probably have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor here on the Five Reasons Sports Network and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. we got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And at some point here, joining us right now, is Greg Sylvander. Of course, you can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Special guest today, and uh, this guy's done a great job covering the Toronto Raptors for a very long time. You can find him at Sportsnet. His name is Michael Grange. Make sure to check out the article. We're going to talk a lot about it here today. Michael, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Ethan. All right, so I want to go through um, your piece, and then obviously with this, and and we've been trying to make the case about this for the last three months that everything is fluid, that you know it, this doesn't operate like on a clock. Like one reporter talks to one source, and that's what happened at that minute, right? Like sometimes you're talking to somebody, and this happens to me all the time. You're talking to somebody, but it's something that was actually discussed four days ago, two weeks ago, six weeks ago. When I when I finally started to figure out what was going on between the Heat and the Blazers. It was literally like seven weeks after their last conversation that I finally got somebody to to download it all for me and tell me exactly what went down at the end of Summer League. Um, but your article was informative nonetheless. And as we go forward here, uh, there was more information that's since come out from Mark Spears, from Sean Hyken, others. It's all over uh, Twitter X or whatever you want to call it. But I just want to characterize your article uh, correctly. In your view right now, the Toronto Raptors are very much in on this. Would, would you say this is not a smokescreen? This is not Masai Ujiri just trying to make it seem like he's doing something because there haven't been a whole bunch of transactions. They are interested in Dame Lillard. Is that your perception of this? That's my perception. That's what I've, <clears throat> that's what I've been told. I mean, the point you make is there is a bit of a prove-it element here with the Raptors when it comes to any of these kind of transactions, these big uh, trades that they're sort of in on or maybe not in on, you know, because they've kind of been 
towing around a lot of stuff and not a lot has happened. But, you know, the, the reason you kind of do take them seriously is that the biggest moment, uh, Messiah Jury traded, uh, you know, maybe even the most beloved player in franchise history to win a title. And so, you know, that if the deal is right and there was other subsequent deals around there, he'll do it. But uh, since then, you know, there's been a lot of talk and not a ton of action. Um, I personally don't see a great, obvious fit or reason that you'd need to do this Damian Lillard trade from Toronto's point of view. But uh, from what I can gather, that they are interested, that they want to, they see it as a solution to a lot of their issues. And uh, yeah, they're 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 in the mix. But you made a case in your in your piece that actually I've been making over the last few days as Toronto has been mentioned more and more in this process. And I just want to say, too, in my conversations with those around the heat, Toronto wasn't a team that came up a lot as as one of sort of the dark horses. There's a lot of talk about Philadelphia, you know, maybe Milwaukee uh, and some others. Uh, we talked about Toronto a little bit because Messiah has a history of this. But you made a case, and I and I again made this point that this is not 2019. Um, that 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 Raptors team was ready to win right away. They had a very deep roster. Um, they added added to it with Marcus Gasol and others, and ended up uh, cashing with a championship. But they had Kyle Lowry, who was closer to the edge of his prime, obviously, than the one that we've gotten down here in Miami. Um, and and they had basically a team that just couldn't get past LeBron for a while. And, the, you know, DeMar DeRozan was part of that. Unfortunately, as great a player as he was, he didn't elevate in the postseason. And they went out and swapped him and a young center and a first-round pick to get a guy in Kawhi Leonard who had. Um, so I, I guess can you sort of elaborate on the case that you made in the piece but again, this is not 2019 for the Raptors and why this would be different. Yeah, I mean, I mean that the, the 2017-18 team, not to go too far deep into Raptors history, but it was a 59-win team. And on that team coming off the bench were Fred Van Vliet, who we all know became an all-star and, and you know, has gone on to great things. Pascal Siakam came off the bench on that 59-win team, two-time All-NBA player. Uh, I was going to say Darrell Wright. Um, the, uh, his brother, uh, yeah, close to our hearts, you know, you know, he's been in, he's been a 10 year NBA player, uh, Jakob Pertl, who's, you know, at least at worst, a league average, maybe a top 10 NBA center. He, he came off of the bench of that team. That team was loaded. Norm Powell, who we haven't talked about was the 11th man. And so. Um, when they were not made not only the DeMar trade, but the subsequent trade for Gasol, um, they were dealing from a position of strength. And they had just come off like three incredible draft years, um, not picking high, but just getting real quality throughout the, throughout the process. And they were able to, to kind of leverage that depth. This team has been plagued by depth uh, issues almost since they won the title is because you know, Marcus All left, no compensation. Serge Ibaka left, no compensation. Kyle Lowry left, some compensation. Preston Zichua is the main player back. Um, and now Fred Van Liet has left with no compensation. And so, and they haven't really replenished. It hasn't been a great development or draft story since then. And so, you know, when you go, when just like last season, when they, look, look I had these same conversations last July where the Raptors really thought they could kind of come in and, and steal Kevin Durant under everyone's nose. And even then, as great as Kevin Durant is, you were looking like, is there enough 
once you make this trade, that this team is going to be a real serious contender afterwards, having leveraged mortgage your future to do it. And so those are the same concerns. Nothing's changed. This team, to me, falls off the table. No matter what iteration this trade might take, um, you're going to be left with, uh, you know, Dame Lillard, uh, let's just say Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. And after that, your next best player is probably Dennis Schroeder. And after that, it just, that's it. Like, I mean, there's just, there's some interesting rotation pieces, some depth guys. Okay, fine. But there's no one lurking in that roster that's scaring anybody. And so, you know, but that's, that's not my decision. That's something I think the Raptors, they don't want to rebuild. They don't want to tear it down. They've shown that over and over again. And they're kind of, they feel like if they can, uh, you know, get lucky and be the last team standing in these sweepstakes that, you know, it's a move they want to make. Michael, Greg Sylvander here. <clears throat> I joined late, so I didn't get a chance to say thanks for being on the program. Um, uh, and your piece was definitely enlightening today. As we, as I read it and as we've been talking so far, and you talked about how this is a different time with a different group and what the roster would look like after they maybe made a trade and that they maybe don't have necessarily the depth around that. And you almost answered the question. You're almost such a ninja at this that you answered the question before I could ask it. Uh, because you kind of pieced together what would be left on the roster. And I guess I could do some backwards math to figure out who then goes out. But I'm interested in your perspective, whether it's Intel, whether it's just hunch, whether it's connecting dots, because it just makes sense. Um, what do you perceive Toronto's offer? And I say that lightly because I'm not saying that you're going, that we're talking about a firm offer that we all know about, obviously. But what do you think the framework of a Toronto offer, I guess, from your perspective looks like? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think it sort of has to uh, kind of be centered around OG Ananobi. And there's a few reasons for that. Uh, one is if you're going to make a trade for Dame Lillard, I presume you want to have Pascal Siakam on your team as your number two. That only makes sense. Also, just reporting around, Pascal is 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 uh, he's one year away from free agency. So if you're Portland or any team acquiring, and this has been you know the case when Siakam was in trade rumors earlier, teams would kind of pick up the phone and check. You know, is, is this somewhere he would sign? Is this somewhere you know we aren't going to trade and this guy's going to bolt on us kind of thing? None of those back channel conversations have been having at least with Portland that I know of, and so. I, you know, for those two reasons, I feel fairly confident that Siakam wouldn't be in it, even though it'd be an easy transaction financially. Um, and then the Raptors, you know, Scotty Barnes is their guy. You know, they are going to live and die with him. And he's only going into his third year. I think they still believe there's tons and tons of upside. And so he's not somebody they're ready to punt on. And also on still on his rookie deal, it'd be pretty hard to make a centerpiece deal for, I think, Dane's numbers at 42 million or something. Uh, pretty hard to to start, you know, trade an eight million dollar player for forty two million dollar player. Like it's just there's so many bodies that would have to move. And so you get to OG Ananobi, who's twenty five. He would fit in with Portland's timeline. Um, he is a, a pending free agent, but Portland would have his bird rights and and you know have a pretty clean cap sheet, so they could pay him. Um, I think he fits in on the roster. He fits in on any roster, frankly. And then and he's making about 20 million. So then it's, you know, okay, so what do we need to get up to the next 42 odd? And, you know, you throw in a Thad Young in his contract. Um, you throw in maybe a Gary Trent Jr. because that gets to the number pretty quickly. Although I think the Raptors would want to keep some of his shooting. Um, and then you're, you're looking at picks and you're probably looking at Grady Dick, the, the player the Raptors drafted out of Kansas. Um, you know, and then you, you kind of look at, 
what Utah did to get, um, you know, when they when they acquired when Rudy Gobert was traded, I don't think it's going to be quite as big a haul, just because times are different. But you know, they were looking for a lot of young players in addition to the salary number. I, I just I know Alex wants to jump in, but I just want to get to one mechanics thing here with the picks. Uh, our understanding is currently they would have two first round. Oh, is that what you were going to ask, Alex? I'm sorry. I'll say <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. I thought Ethan like immediately ask, knew just ask, off our reaction. It was part of the question. It was part of the question. But but as you were about to get into there, um, and and again, thank you for coming on in your article because we had been a little bit, we had heard conflicting information. You know, just reading different people's, like people had talked about them being offered, being able to offer up to two, uh, three first round picks, and oh, they only have two because of the stepping rule. So you made it clear in the article that it's they have two right now, but can get to three if they unprotect the pick that they currently owe to the Spurs, which is currently top six protected, if I remember top correctly. Top six protected for this year and for 24 and 25. And so, you know, I think the Raptors, presumably if you're trading for Dame, you're pretty optimistic. You think you're going to have a good year. So, you know, the the, the likelihood of, of you know, waiving that, those protections shouldn't be that big a deal if – if you're, you know, they're going to have bigger problems if they trade for Dame Lillard and the pick that they waive the protections on is going to San Antonio ends up being in the top three. I mean, you know, that's a disaster of effort proportion. So I think that's what would happen. So you would have, uh, you're right, step in role. They couldn't trade, trade till they couldn't trade, trade the 24 pick would convey. They couldn't trade 25. So it'd be a 26, 28, and 30 uh, plus a couple of pick swaps. So, um, and thank you for clearing that up because we, I was, my, I myself was a little bit confused about that situation beforehand and uh, that changes things. So, um, part of my, so that leads into that, my question, which is how motivated do you think the Raptors would be to put together, um, a package that includes all those picks if, you know, assuming they unprotect, they take off the protections from the, the Spurs pick, they're able to offer three. How motivated do you think they would be to offer a package that includes the three picks, Grady Dick, and then um, I guess OG would be – that would make it like the best form of the package. But obviously it doesn't seem like they're at that point yet. It seems like they're trying to get Dame for relative value, kind of like how they got Kawhi um, a few years back. Like, again, DeMar, Pirtle, and a pick is not nothing. But for a, <laughs> for a guy of Kawhi's caliber and after the context of like, you know, they had been going at it for years, it wasn't working out. They kind of got them for pretty good value. I, I. It seems like maybe they're trying to replicate that. Do you th- do you think it's like they're trying to not give up everything? They're not really trying to get it to the point where they have to give up OG, Trent, Dick, all three picks, and maybe they're trying to get to a place that's, you know, less than that. Yeah, I mean, obviously they they they, um, you know, they're that is kind of their mo. I think that's why they kind of strike out on a lot of deals. Is is they are trying to. They have a perception of value and they stick to it. They're not the ones, okay, whatever, take the extra first. That's not them. Um, you know, but I mean, as you lay out that deal, that's kind of the minimum. I mean, that you need some of those players just to match salary. And, you know, I could see them arguing over picks because, I mean, they would be turning around and saying to, to, uh, to Portland, look, we're taking $200 million off your books, you know. So uh-huh. uh, this guy doesn't want to be here. Um, why should we give you everything? Um, you know, an interesting, but I, you know, I've been thinking about this and at this point, no one's talking to me and telling me, oh, they're pick negotiations. I'm sorry. That's not, uh, nobody's, nobody's that inside, but, um, 
you know, I, I, one way to look at this from the Raptors point of view is they do go relatively all in, they make this move and it's not forever. So you get a player that's four years under contract, um, you know, presuming, you know, nothing horrible happens with Dame. He's just coming off in a fantastic year and nothing horrible happens with O'Janet, with uh, Pascal Siakam or any of the other talent. You know, if this thing doesn't work, you can go back to the market, right? This time next summer. Well, maybe you can, you know, you, you can go, okay, we tried, it didn't work. Now we really have to rebuild. And then, you know, you can kind of go back in and maybe recoup some of those picks. Just so we saw uh, with, with Brooklyn, when they were, you know, there that was how they recovered when they got rid of KD after the Harden deal. They, they, uh, they got, you know, between uh, Kyrie and and KD, they they all of a sudden are sitting on a huge mound of picks. So maybe that's sort of some of their thinking that none of these things are forever, and there's always a way to kind of recoup value. But um, you know, the the fact that they're in there and they're 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 into it. I mean, it's. They don't want to lose, <laughs> and they don't want to. They don't want to rebuild, and they don't want to be where they are. So they kind of have to make a choice, and um, that's sort of where they're at. And 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 this seems to be the best option available to them. And and we'll see if they pull it off. Michael, after the after a quick break, I want to get into some more general uh, questions here. But one thing I do want to ask here: Do you think there's any way that he would throw Barnes in the deal? If it's a deal breaker, because he didn't do it for Durant, right? So do you think there's anything that could motivate him to put Scotty Barnes in this deal? I, I would be shocked. I really would. Um, again, if you don't trade the rookie of the year for, you know, Kevin Durant, then when are you going to trade him? Who's your guy, right? So, I I mean, I could see an argument for it. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, Scotty had a decent second year, certainly not a great second year. Um, you could see OG Ananobi fitting better between Basel Siakam and, um, and, and Dame Lillard. I think it's a, like a smoother all around fit. I think, you know, OG at this stage, if he's playing off the ball is better at some things than Scotty Barnes. How useful is Scotty Barnes? If you've already got, uh, Dame Lillard and Dame Lillard and Pascal Siakam, you know, that's what 50% of your touches right there, maybe more. So, you know, for all those reasons. You know, it's a fair question, Ethan, but um, just from what I've heard and gathered, you know, not just the last few days, but going back all last season, you know, they really think that there's there's something, you know, that there's greatness inside Scotty Barnes. And they, they think that he can be the guy, whether they do this trade or not, can be the, the linchpin of something special in the next decade. And so I don't think they're ready to move on from there. All right, I got a more general question uh, for Michael coming after the break, and then uh, Greg and Alex are going to get in on a couple things that we're going to let uh, Michael go. But I do want to mention a couple of great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network this Sunday. Biscayne Bay Brewing will be out there again. I don't know why this is a 1 o'clock game, but it's the Bills and the Dolphins for the AFC East lead, basically the two best teams in the AFC right now, it looks like. Join us out at Biscayne Bay Brewing. Of course, this is the only independent uh, brewery. Uh, in downtown Miami, it's actually the only brewery in downtown Miami, independent and locally owned the official craft beer of the Miami Marlins and the independent brewing partner of the Miami Heat. They're there every Wednesday through Sunday. But the cool thing is, if you join us, it's down the street from Casaya Center. When you mention five reasons when we're there, you get a free beer. They've also got a full food menu. They've got foosball. They've got pool table. They've got video games. they got everything there. My daughter actually had a good time there. I did not let her drink any of the beer. She's nine. But check them out at Biscayne Bay Brewing and join us on Sunday starting at about 
1130 a.m. Also want to mention Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. Get that initial deposit match. Oh, not a match. Excuse me. You get $20 right away with 5RSN. And, of course, this is legal sports betting. It is legal sports betting. You don't have any of those issues. They're based in Minneapolis, not offshore. And you can join our contest as we speak right now. I'm winning, so you know you can beat us, okay? Because if, if I'm winning, uh, then certainly it's easy enough to win. So go to betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I want to ask the bigger question here, and I want to make it very clear to the people of Canada and particularly of Toronto. This is a Toronto is a top five NBA stop for me. Okay, so everybody who thinks I'm anti-Canada, anti-Toronto, this was one of my favorite stops when I was traveling. I love that city. Uh, So this is not personal for me in any way. But we know that some players just don't want to be there, whether it's for taxes, whether it's just, you know. It's just the differences with America in all kinds of different ways. Uh, and and in some cases, it's just being sort of out of the spotlight. Players have their reasons. Zoe didn't want to be there. Uh, remember way, way, way back when? Um, Goran Dragic didn't want to be there. Okay, you mentioned the trade that was made there. Uh, Kawhi was there for one year, won a championship, and then dipped. Now, Dame is on a four-year deal. Michael, you and I both know that certain reporters talk to certain people and certain agents. And there was a report that came out last week from a reporter that I greatly respect. Uh, but I know kind of what his relationships are. And he made it flat out that Dane was not going to be happy there, that this was one place. He this is not me saying it. I got aggregated for some reason, but it was, it was a story from this particular reporter. Now, Mark Spears is, well, has a very good relationship with Dame and has a ton of sources around the NBA uh, has come out and said that he would report that he would not necessarily make it ugly. What do you believe would happen and how would the Raptors handle it? And if you're if you're in Masai's shoes, do you offer less because of that possibility that Dame's just not going to be happy? Even if he reports, he's not going to be happy. Yeah, I think um, I mean it's a legitimate concern. Um, you know, it's not really just independent of the history, you know, with the Raptors. I mean, as many players have come here without being very familiar with the city or the country and and wanted to stay and loved it. Like it's it, it is what it is. I don't think it's all that different than any other market. But the reality is, in this case, um, you know, the, the signals were put out there that, you know, uh, not only do I only want to go Miami, but if, for instance, you know, the Raptors uh, were trying to get in on this, I wouldn't report and all of that. So there's a couple of there is some backstory there um, on a couple of levels. And you'll appreciate this. DeMar DeRozan and uh, Dame Lillard share an agent, Aaron Goodwin. And so when DeMar was traded uh, to San Antonio for Kawhi, um, not only were there hard feelings between Masai Ujiri and DeMar, and, you know, they've kind of, you know, they're they're civil now, they're good, but it's still obviously, um, you know, a, a pretty foundational moment in their relationship and not a great one. Um, but Aaron Goodwin at the time was on the warpath. Like he, I shouldn't say that. Aaron Goodwin was very mad and he was very upset uh, with the way 
Um, you know, things went down for DeMar. It was, you know, you know, Aaron's a great agent because he really, really has great relationships with his players and history with them. And, you know, he, he bleeds when they bleed kind of thing. And so that was, you know, that when all this stuff happened with Dame, I, that was always the kind of question I had out there is, you know, there is not many people mentioned it, but like there's some pretty bad blood here. Um, my understanding is that it's kind of been bridges have been built and um, you know, and I think it, it's got to this stage where, and, and you know, the idea of just not reporting, I mean, that's just not an option anymore. Uh, you know, Ben Simmons, that whole fiasco he went through with uh, Philadelphia, that cost him $20 million, according to my sources. Like there was a huge accumulating fines. There was, you know, salary and all this, and 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 there was a settlement on it, but it still cost Ben a ton of money, and um, you know, and then when you look at the other language the leagues kind of invoked regarding, uh, you know, the new rest policy and um, you know other kind of nuances in those regards, the message has kind of been sent: is like, look, you're under contract, you're expected to perform, and if you're not, it's gonna we're gonna hit you in the pocket, and um, so I think that you, I would be very surprised on that level if uh, Dame were to arrive and just kind of do a James Harden and just kind of make a fool out of everybody. And I'd also be surprised based on everything we've known about Dame Lillard as a professional. And, and like, I don't claim to know him as a person even in even this much, but when someone's in the public eye as often and as rigorously as a guy like Dame over 15 years or whatever it is now, you kind of, you know, you'd see the cracks if the cracks were there. And, and I think I'd be, it'd be, it'd be a difficult thing for him to come and, and just make a mess of a franchise. I mean, he's look at the, you know, I just don't think it's in him. Um, so, so I think between those factors, it's a good point you raise. I, I think there has been some back channel communications there. I think there is, you know, I, I, I think if he were to arrive in Toronto, I think it would be, there'd be an understanding in advance and, um, you know, I think things would, would unfold in a smooth, professional way. I find all of that absolutely fascinating to think about in terms of uh, repaired relationships and just how those things work. And if he would ultimately settle into a place like Toronto that has proven that if you come here and buy in, they could, they could get it done. Uh, Michael, my question, a lot of people are going to uh, uh, they're going to let out a collective sigh because it's not related to Dame, just for housekeeping. Uh, what would, how would you categorize the relationship between the Toronto Raptors and Miami Heat front office? Just generally speaking, I'm interested from your perspective on the how those two organizations coexist. Um, I think it's very, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think uh, like a lot of organizations, I mean, the, the Heat get are kind of, I don't know if they're put on a pedestal, but they're certainly, um, you know, with everything they've accomplished and kind of what they stand for. They're one of those organizations that other organizations look at and go, you know, that, that's, we'd like to replicate some of that. And I know in Toronto, they do. I think that they've had meetings in the playoffs. They've had some incredible regular season contests. And I think there's a lot of mutual respect um, between the organizations on a, on a broad level. So I don't think, um, so I don't think, yeah, that's just to answer that question. That's just my sense of it. 
All right. So, Michael, uh, I guess, uh, well, two things. That I, uh, well, one quick thing. I'll just we'll, we'll close because I know that you've got a you got somewhere else you got to get to. And again, we appreciate the time. Follow it, Michael Grange, uh, for sure. Check out the story today. I mean, how do you think this ends? Because it does seem like the noise today continued to move towards Toronto. I'm having a hard time buying it completely. I, I'll just be honest here. I, I because I I just I I'm still trying to get my head around not just Portland not doing right by a guy who gave them everything for 11 years and it does not seem like they were up front with him and either about what they were going to be able to do for him or or anything along those lines. I don't know that they outright lied, but they certainly did not accomplish what they told him they were going to try to accomplish, which was build around him. Um, and I just have a hard time seeing an organization trade for a player like that on the other side of it and give up significant assets. Uh, but where do you think this ends up? Because it does seem like the drumbeat right now is Toronto, even if I'm still thinking there's a Philadelphia or some other team in the back here, because Toronto typically isn't this noisy when they do things like this. Yeah, that's no, the other that, thing. That's that, true too. That's, right? that's a good point. Um, they usually kind of try to move pretty low key. Um, it was interesting. I was talking to one GM on the weekend and, and, uh, you know, he expected that Miami would get in. They hadn't. I mean, as has been widely reported, but he, he'd be shocked, he said, if he didn't think that they would kind of make one more run at it. Um, and for that reason, and, um, you know, I kind of, I guess I'm just so accustomed to players of this caliber sort of getting what they want. And for all the noise around KD last year, eventually ended up in Phoenix. And we can kind of go on down the list. Uh, the players generally get to where they want to go. Um, and so I guess we'll see. I, I do understand. I share a little bit of your, I don't know, skepticism is the right word, but I would be surprised if he's, in, if he's here in Toronto. Um, just, I guess I'm conditioned also that the Raptors have kind of, kind of come close on a lot of deals and pulled back on their, in their own right. Um, and I'm, I'm, I just don't a hundred percent see the fit, but, uh, so I, I do think that he's Dame is likely to be traded this week. I think it's too noisy for it not to happen. Um, I agree but with I that. still can't say 100% where he's going to go. In I, fact, I, think I the crazy guarantee I don't know 100% where he's going to go. <laughs> no, I, I, good, because you don't want to get aggregated the other way. I'll, I'll just say this, and I think this is what drives uh, is going to drive Heat fans crazy here is, like you're saying, you don't really necessarily see the fit there. But we in Miami absolutely see the fit no for Dane Lillard here. He's he's perfect for what they need. He is the guy who plugs in between Bam and Jimmy and takes them to the next level. And I don't know who the next one is. And so I think that's why Heat fans today, as they're seeing this Toronto thing, are like, well, wait a second. Okay, we understand that Portland doesn't want to deal with you. And we understand that you told them in mid-July, uh, you know, give us a roadmap. And they wouldn't. And then this hasn't been a lot of conversation. But go try again because we we want this guy. We I mean the Heat think they can go to the finals you know, with their current roster and they might end up being right. They don't want to look desperate for sure, and I understand that as a negotiating tactic. But also like this guy fits in Toronto. I'm kind of like okay, so what does this make them? Like you say, I don't know who their five through nine and their rotation are going to be, and and I don't know that it gets them over the top. And he doesn't seem to really want to be there, so. I, I don't know. There seems the motivation seems to be more on the heat side, but yet we're hearing about Masai. And then the whole idea is, 
Are they driving up the price for the Heat as a rival? I think that's where Greg's question came from. Uh, but we'll we'll <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. Um, but Michael, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, again, we know these things are fluid. You're busy, uh, but it was a great piece, and I have great admiration for the reporting you've done over the years on on that team and 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 up there in general. So thank you very much for taking the time with us. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks to all you guys, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, I, will, I would say I'll see you at media day across the border, but I, Heat fans will get very upset at me about that. <laughs> Have a good one, Mike. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.